Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 51, released on March 25th, 2009. My name's Steve Eunice, and joining me, as always, is Neil Bailey. How you doing, Steve? Oh, 51. Okay, we made it past 50. Now it's like just 51, and it yeah. makes it seem like a normal episode, even That's though it's it. still a big accomplishment. <laughs> How you been? <laughs> How's things going with you at your end? They've been, they've been all right lately. I've uh, been dealing with a couple of personal things, but uh, I've, I've got good news. i got a couple of comic books out for the first time in my life, and uh, it's just a really good feeling. Congratulations on the Female Force series. Uh, it's been the uh, one of the best-selling novel uh, comics in for independence uh, in in this month i believe yeah i've tried i've been trying not to tell neil that though so that he doesn't get a big head <laughs> silence fool you know but... <laughs> and you've been impressed with the sales and uh, the coverage and everything i've been blown away i didn't expect it to be that big a deal at all I, and and it just it's like everybody seems to be resonant it just speaks to the uh, to to the way that people want a strong female role model which just echoes back all the things i've been saying in the years about smallville you know if like if you imagine it if lana had been a cogent character how much how much more important it would have been for the show but uh, i i'm hoping that that's what that means i hope it's a verdict on that yeah well uh, i've been impressed with uh the amount of publicity it's been getting, and uh, really uh, glad for you that it's uh, received such glowing uh, ratings and uh, sales and uh, reviews. It's cool. It scares the heck out of me, but it's very, very cool. <laughs> All right, well, let's jump into the thing. You mentioned Smallville. Let's talk about Smallville up front. Uh, season 8 is progressing and getting closer to the finale each week. How have you uh, viewed the last few episodes? Well, it's it's so weird. It's been like the most schizophrenic season ever. You get one or two episodes that are really, really cool. And then you get one that's like, oh, what was that? Or maybe two. Or in this case, three. <laughs> um, I think they, 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 they got into that. There's always, every single season, like between the episodes of 14 and 20, there seems to be this kind of lull where they throw in the filler episodes. You know what I mean? Am I yeah. crazy? And, and and that's just what we're hitting right now, and that's always the hardest part to get through. Um, but I'm seeing stuff with Doomsday shape up, and uh, and I'm and, and Clark actually kind of jumping into his destiny a little. And if they can start tapping that, it's going to be really good. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like the season started off really well, and it was really hopeful, and you had the Legion episode, and there was a lot of great stuff. And then we hit the Lana episodes, which really went back, sent things backwards. And then you get the filler episodes, which have some really iconic moments, but are overall pretty standard or substandard stories uh, with, you know, key moments in them that uh, usually are what they put in the trailers and the, and the promotional uh, videos that they release uh, the week ahead that get people hyped up for what's to come. And those moments are great, but as an overall package, the episode probably is a bit of a letdown. Yeah, uh, you know, the more I watch Smallville, the more I realize it probably would have benefited from the HBO and Showtime method. I mean, I've, I've watched a lot of shows from HBO and Showtime in the last year or two, and, and they have, you know, 10 to 12 episode seasons, and they're all just very intense hours of character drama, and, and, and they, they focus really strongly on on big events every single episode. Um, and they're not big events in the sense of like, you know, somebody flying out of a plane, the plane explodes, and then the, that plane debris crashes into Brooklyn, you know? But more like, you know, everything that happens defines the characters in some way. And, I, and Smallville does that, I don't know, maybe four or five episodes out of the season. Um, if they could emphasize that more, it would be it would be a much more lasting show in terms of uh, effect. Okay, now we've got uh, the hint that two characters will die 
at the end in the finale of season eight. Um, yes. The hints that were given to us was that one of those people is a long-time member of the show, and the other one hasn't been on the show for that long. Now, we're being told that these two deaths will stick, that they will remain dead. So that uh, kind of narrows down the field to somewhat. Um, yeah. What are your speculations? Now, we will have to uh, you know, say up front here that neither Neil or I know who will die, so this is purely speculation on our behalf as fans Absolutely. like everybody else. Um, the, the things, it seems pretty obvious to me, um, given that they can't kill Lois and they can't kill Jimmy because they exist in the future. They can't kill Clark, uh, because they, well, I don't know, if they do, then they've given bad publicity because they said he would be permanently dead. Um, a longtime cast member would be permanently dead, and that leaves only Jimmy and Chloe, but like I said, Jimmy can't be killed, so I'm sure it's going to be Chloe, and I think the death is going to be uh, Tess. I'm guessing they won't kill Doomsday, because Doomsday's a meal ticket in terms of, like, fans. Fans are really digging the Doomsday storyline. Um, so yeah, I'm guessing Tess and Chloe, that's my theory. Yeah, I was of the same opinion, and voted as such on our current poll that's on the site. Um, you know, I would hate to see Chloe go, but really, out of everybody, um, there's as far as the long-term cast members are concerned, she's really the only one that fits yeah. the bill because of the fact that she's not a character that is uh, part of the Superman continuity in the comics or any other version. Um, <laughs> and, you know, she's uh, been around for a long time. Uh, you can't kill off Chloe, uh, Lois or Jimmy uh, because of the fact that we know that they remain in the, in the picture in the future. Um, yeah. The only person that kind of, I think, is a possibility, and there's actually somebody who is not part of the cast at the moment, is Martha Kent. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I was, I'm was, i half expecting, knowing the show, it's like, knock, knock, knock. Oh, hi, Clark Splort, you know? Or even worse, <laughs> but, uh, it's an off-screen, you know, oh, she's, she's you know, died yeah. in, you know, uh, in just like a newspaper headline, nothing, uh, nothing more than that. Doomsday raided the Kansas legislature. Oh, that bastard. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, okay. that's the only other possibility. I mean, there's no other long-term characters that have been around um, in the show. Yeah, it's too bad. Uh, but, but I mean, if they can give her an epic death, who knows? I, I, I hope it'll work. Um, I, I still say, and, I, and I'm probably among the minority, but I still say that uh, I like the idea of Chloe dying at the end of season, uh, was it three or, yeah, the end of season three. Mm-hmm. The, I think the that house exploded. Yeah, I think that was a really shocking, good, brutal death, and then they just kind of, you know, let it keep going. <laughs> um, but as far as the short-term characters are concerned, there's really only Tess and Davis Bloom. Um, Oliver Queen is another one, but he is obviously Green Arrow, and Green Arrow is a character that remains around in the future. So that's either Tess or uh, Davis. But you know, knowing Smallville, there's nothing saying they wouldn't change the continuity. They're certainly not averse to it. So no, true. I would not be surprised if it turned out to be Green Arrow. I, you know, I, I might be shocked, but I wouldn't be overly surprised if it turned out to be Green Arrow. Yeah, but or given John they, Jones. Yeah, yeah, or John Jones. That would make sense because he, you know, died in the comics. But <laughs> I, it's like the, I, I can never fathom the logic fully myself. Well, we'll have to uh, keep watching to find out. Uh, obviously, there's a few episodes before that. We've got the Zatanna episode, and we've got uh, some other episodes coming up that uh, seem to have some uh, good quality to them. But again, we just have to wait and see uh, how they how they pan out. Is there any particular episode that you're looking forward to? 
honestly, I, I, as cheesy as stiletto sounds in terms of, <laughs> I got hopes for it because you could get into that Lois and Clark dynamic that they were doing well. Um, I really look forward to seeing what they're doing with Doomsday, which is because even though Doomsday, um, taken in context in this show is kind of being like the incredible Hulk and a little bit hokey. Um, I'm really digging the effects for the first time in this show in like three or four years. Every time I see Doomsday, I'm like, wow, that's really epic. And, and, and it's a man in the suit, obviously, but it's really, really cool to see something realized as an actual Superman mythos on that screen there. I see Doomsday, and I'm like, holy cow, Doomsday! And I'm like 13 again, which is me giving into fan service, but at the same time, that's what they want you to do. That's the whole, you, you lose the fact that you're watching a show. Yeah, cool. Well, uh, Stiletto or um, Ultra Woman or whatever they want to call Lois getting superpowers, it could be an interesting one. Yep. All right, well, let's move into the comics. Uh, it's talking about uh, World of New Krypton. Uh, yes. You were impressed with your first review? I, I am. You know, um, I, 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 my, I, I didn't actually review the first No, that's right, World you didn't. Of... That was Ralph Silver. Oh, I didn't. That's right. Sorry. I'm just, I'm getting old here. But no, um, I, that's what it was. I wrote in the comments, I do believe. But yeah, I'm really, um, I'm really pleased with the idea of uh, Superman getting in, knuckling in with Zod, and actually Zod being more than a last page reveal and a one issue fight, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know? Because that's what it's been for the last 10, 15 years. Like, I am Zod and you will kneel before me. And then they duke it out for one issue and then it's revealed he's a Russian and his neck snaps or, you know, like he disappears back into the Phantom Zone. So, Yeah, well, I've been impressed with it. Uh, obviously, the actual focusing of the world of New Krypton is an interesting um, dilemma that Superman finds himself in because, one, he's just one of the one of the group. You know, he's not... I mean, he's still got his superpowers, but so does everybody else. The only thing that stands him above the rest is the fact that he's actually accomplished with those powers and has a greater experience using them and is more uh, adept at using them, uh, which kind of gives him a, a little bit of an edge over everybody else. But he's got to comply to their rules and their um, traditions, and that kind of puts him in an awkward position where he's got to be seen to be renouncing Earth and, and uh, taking on Krypton's... Um, traditions and you know uh, and their way of lifestyle and way of life and becoming part of Zod's crew as it, as it is as one of his commanders uh, under General Zod's um, rule which is kind of putting Superman in an awkward position and uh, one where he wants to I guess work a bit undercover to see what is Zod's real plan. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a reverse of that whole um, thing that they th that they used to do, where they depower Superman for a couple of issues, and he'd be like, "Well, I still have to be a hero, you know." And he'd go and he'd he'd get himself shot in the shoulder or whatever, <laughs> you know. Like he'd 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 go out there and do his best to still be a good person. Now here, it's kind of the same situation, except for in reverse. He goes to New Krypton, where you know everybody has his powers, and yet he's still got to use his diplomacy and his strength of character in order to avert basically civil war this isn't just like i've got to save one kid from a gunshot this is like if he's not a diplomat here millions and millions and millions of people die <laughs> you know it's really great yeah it's kind of interesting now that he's using his uh clark kent investigative journalism skills to uh find out what is going on you know behind the scenes there with general zod and um you know it's almost like clark kent's role is to find out what's going on but as superman uh, within Zod's uh, command. 
Yeah, it's, it reminds me, too, of, like, the issues of Superman going into the army and what that would mean and all the the philosophy that's never really been covered so much outside of, yes, I'm in World War II and I'm going to destroy all the enemies, you know, like in the in the Fleischer cartoons. Um, it, it's really been kind of a blunt stick approach, and they've never approached his look at the military or the armed services. I think it could be really, really cool. Yep. So while we're enjoying World of New Krypton, uh, on the other side of the token, we've got... Uh... The main Superman titles, Action Comics and Superman, and of course Supergirl, uh, where mm-hmm. Superman isn't around, yet the stories are just as compelling. Yeah, yeah, I've, I haven't enjoyed the Superman comics as a whole this much in a long time. Even the things that are kind of hit and miss, like like the James Robinson stuff and the, and, the, and the Sterling Gates stuff, all of the pieces that are moving around are still really, really interesting. I'm compelled to know who Superwoman is. I'm interested. I want to see another Guardian story, which is weird, given that the origin was kind of so-so, but now I'm just really geared up to see what they're doing on the street level in Metropolis, and it gives you a whole picture of the Superman universe instead of event, 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 or look, isn't this cool? Look, it's the Frankster again, you know? Yeah, and uh, Flamebird and Nightwing, uh, that's an interesting revelation to who they are. Yeah, yeah, the old, the whole Connor and, and, and um, Thara, I didn't think that, uh, I you know, the car, or the Connor thing hit me right out of the blue, actually. I, I was... I was blown away when I found out that he was the guy in there, and uh, that uh, that was really cool because I I, I don't know I, I think that the idea of um, you mean Chris the whole, or rather did, did what did I, oh did I, I say Connor, Connor. <laughs> you just threw a whole loop of people there for, oh, for yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, no, I met Chris and yeah here I am because because the book's already taken enough flack for the whole Connor tactile telekinesis <laughs> thing. But, uh, um, yeah, no, I meant Chris. Um, I'm sure Connor will be dealt with soon enough, though. I'm not too worried about that. Yeah, well, um, we've got... Uh, so it's Thara and, and Chris as Nightwing and Flamebird. Um, yeah. Chris Kent being uh, Law Zod, the, the son of, of, of General Zod. And yeah, uh, Thara being the, um, the... What is she? The head of security at uh, New Krypton. Yeah, yeah, basically. It's just cool, because it's a way to deal with Chris that actually makes sense, instead of just being the kid that they can never bring back because you can't saddle Superman with the kid. It's actually turning him into something that's going to have some kind of consequences. I think that's cool. Like, Superman is obviously going to learn about this at some point, I'm sure. Mm. And then he'll have to confront the fact that he has a son who, you know, is is aging. Yeah, (laughs) he's now a young man, isn't he? Mm Mm-hmm. And um, obviously a lot of people thought that Thara was going to end up being Superwoman, but um, now we find out that Superwoman isn't even Kryptonian, and yeah. uh, which leads us to think that maybe she's um, from da- uh, Daxum. You know, I keep seeing I keep seeing Lucy Lane, you know, because I see Lucy Lane in the comic book uh-huh. just adversarially and coincidentally appearing when things go wrong. Um, and, and, it, and it would be this perfect dual identity. It seems kind of a, a little obvious to me, though. I think if it, it, they're trying to make her the red herring, and it, it, the, the ability to give people Kryptonian powers has you know, been around for a, for a good bit of time in the comics, the Everyman Project, that kind of thing. Maybe it just works with Lucy Lane. Who knows? That would be my guess. Okay, that's an interesting theory. I hadn't heard that one, so it could be Lucy Lane in disguise or... Uh, could be somebody else altogether. We'll have to keep reading to find out. But uh, like I said, it's an interesting uh, development, and it's uh, got us, you know, reading Supergirl as part of the Superman books because it's so uh, closely intertwined, and uh, it's you know quite interesting because obviously we've got uh, Lana Lang as uh, Kara's uh, mentor or you know uh, best friend, 
someone that she can rely on. And uh, and you've got Cat uh, Grant who's you know writing negative articles about Supergirl, and now you've got the whole no Kryptonians on Earth thing. So uh, she's going to have to look at doing the Linda Lang uh, secret identity to stay on Earth. Oh, you know, there's another possibility, Cat Grant. I didn't even think about that. Or, you know, even I, I was even thinking in the most obscure sense, Lana Lang, but Lana, Lana, Lana seems too close to her to be, you know, working against her like that. But uh, Yeah, and I don't think knows? Uh, Lana would necessarily, well, not this Lana, would necessarily kill uh, yeah. somebody like, like the Agent Liberty. The point is, it's just, it's cool that we care, you know? I, I haven't done that about Supergirl in quite some time, and it's just really neat. Yeah, well, I think this is kind of uh, harkens back to uh, when we didn't know who the identity of uh, that villain was. I can't even think of his name now. That's how bad I am. Uh, ended up being Ruin. Emil Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, Ruin, that was Ruin. Yes. yes, and that was you know, it's, there. You go. Coincidentally, same same creator. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So uh, we're all um, looking on with interest, and you know the. The worries of some people about Superman not being in his books uh, doesn't seem to be hurting the books whatsoever. Uh, you know, there's a lot of interest in who these characters are and, and what their story is and where things will go and how uh, the story will progress. So, um, you know, if you're not if you've dropped the Superman and Action Comics titles because of the fact that Superman isn't in them, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice because these are some of the greatest stories that we've seen in quite some time. Yeah, well, it, you know, that's the thing. I, I always like the, uh, I, I was like everybody else. I jumped on the idea that he was gone and that that would suck. And, and then, but see, the whole time I wanted to give it one issue. And if you gave this one issue, you'd you'd be hooked. I know that much. It's it's the only, it's the sarcastic group of people who are like, oh, I'm not going to give that even a try, you know. That's why they put five-page reviews up. Take a look, you know. Exactly. All right, well, we've uh, discussed the comics. Uh, in regards to movie news, there isn't any real movie news uh, on the front of, uh, you know, the next Superman movie. Um, we've heard Mark Miller saying that, uh, you know, his pitch has kind of uh, gone by the wayside and uh, Warner's are stalling and, you know, there's nothing happening on the Superman front and he's moving on with his director friend to do uh, some other stuff. And uh, it seems to be that uh, Warner Brothers are just taking their time and, you know, uh, really not moving forward in any great rush with the next Superman movie, uh, so we'll just have to keep an eye on, on that and see what uh, pans out. That's uh, lame, I tell you. You know, they got a license to print money there if they would just act on it. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess they want to get it right, and I uh, can't blame them for that, but uh, hopefully a script comes along that uh, they all like and um, position Superman in a position where they can uh, move forward with uh, you know more than just one movie. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. But in regards to other movie news, uh, on the DVD front, Warner Brothers, uh, Warner Animation announced, or haven't actually f officially announced, but uh, it's been revealed that Superman, Batman, Public Enemies will be the next animated feature coming out of Warner Animation after the Green Lantern movie that's been announced. And uh, we'll uh, be looking forward to that one because uh, I really enjoyed the first six issues of Superman, Batman, written by Jeff Loeb and drawn by Ed McGuinness. And uh, I think it uh, could be good. Yeah, I think it could be really great. I mean, that's that's I have I think three pieces of original art, and one of my pieces comes from that arc because I just like the way you know they they kind of it, they've overused the green and purple suit in the last couple of years, but it was the reintroduction of the green and purple suit in post-crisis continuity, and I'm a geek for the green and purple suit. 
and <laughs> yeah, and I, well, while Jeff Loeb or Ed McGuinness aren't actually involved in this, um, I still think that uh, the material is there to to you know if they stick true true to it, which I've heard yeah. they are going to, even to Ed McGuinness's style somewhat, uh, it could be um, right up there. Yeah, it's it's good self-contained story to be doing that kind of thing with. It's one of the best that they could have chosen, I think. Okay, well, look forward to the big segment, uh, big question segment of the show because we ask a question that's along these lines. Um, but before we move into the big question segment, I wanted to touch on Metropolis, Illinois. The Superman yes. celebration is coming up, the annual Superman celebration, which goes over four days, uh, and it's coming up in June. And the special guests that have been announced for this year's celebration are Justin Hartley, who plays Green Arrow on Smallville, uh, Phil Morris, who plays John Jones on Smallville, and of course the First Lady of Metropolis, Noelle Neal, will be returning this year again. That's great. Yeah, I, I hope I can get there. I think there's probably a 50-50 chance, depending on the finances. Um, but uh, yeah, I, last year I, I couldn't get a date with Chloe, and I know if I asked Noelle Neal she'd slug me. I wouldn't want to mess with her. So well, I'm trying to decide whether I should ask Justin Hartley or Phil Morris now. <laughs> that's just a, that's a Sophie's choice. Oh, well, I, see a, I see a poll coming up on the website. Who should Neil ask out? <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, so if you can get along to that one uh, this year, that'll be great. Uh, check out supermancelebration.net or also uh, Metropolis, uh, I think it's the t- metropolistourism.com. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, just look around for the information. Even on the Superman homepage, we'll be uh, posting all the news as it comes out in regards to scheduling and other uh, celebrities who will be there. I'm sure they'll be announcing comic book celebrities that they do every year have you know people from uh, the comic book world and and other celebrities from the superman world who will be there but the main ones this year as i said are justin hartley phil morris and noel neal the healing begins ow ow it hurts to move ow hey at least we can move we're lucky we didn't come out of that fight a lot worse off than we did. It's a miracle we're not dead. Clark returns home. Oh, thank God you're okay. I was so worried. I saw it on the news. Lois, it's okay. I'm okay. But is plagued by doubt. I know. I'm just conflicted. Where are you going with this? Look at the damage Zod caused. It was a worldwide disaster. You stopped him. But for how long? And what if the next time he comes back, I can't? And Lex's torment continues. Oh. Hello, Alex O'Chom. Long time no see, eh? Hades? Feels like it's been forever. By my reckoning, 174 years, O'Chom. Sift through the aftermath in Superman, The Last Son of Krypton, issue 51. On March 25th, 2009, only at PendantAudio.com. Agent Gage makes a new acquaintance. So this is Ajax. Identify. Ajax, this is Agent Cameron Gage of the DEO. Add individual to visual database. Kara is on the case. You here to find out who wrecked my job site? And who seriously injured two Met U students, yes. 
And she finds help from an unlikely source. That corner over there is almost intact. You know, other than being dragged down by the weight of the rest of it. I was so busy looking for small things, I missed the big picture. You'll find all this and more in Supergirl, Lost Daughter of Krypton, issue 23, on March 25th, 2009, at PendantAudio.com. Okay, the big question. Last month we asked the question, what should the title of the next Superman movie be? Uh, which one did you like? Was, did you like Superman Man of Steel? Or did you prefer Superman Unleashed? And we got a few responses to this one. So, Neil, did you want to start off with the first one? Sure. Brad L. Woodridge writes, Hey guys, great work with the site and the show as always. I'd simply, I'd choose simply The Man of Steel for the next Superman film. Just like The Dark Knight was the title of the Batman film but doesn't say Batman, The Man of Steel could follow the same lines. Good point. Yeah, nice one. And Mikey B wrote, Hi guys, look forward to each show. I don't like either title. In my opinion, the WB should reboot the franchise and while they're, while they're at it, let's cut the, tra- the confusion and call the next movie Superman. So the general public doesn't feel like they missed anything. I can just hear the questions like, Unleashed? Unleashed from what? It seems when the general public doesn't support the movies, they don't make enough money, and we as fans have longer waits between films. Let's hope for the best. That much I'll agree on. John Root, I kind of like both titles. Unleashed sounds action-packed, but I like The Man of Steel because it makes me think of the comics in in that title. It could be an homage to the comics in the defunct title and bridge the comics and movies and WB slash DC could even put volumes of collected The Man of Steel to, to coincide with the movie. Plus, people who don't, who don't uh, know Superman from the comic could read about the older stories, and Unleashed couldn't do that. For me, it's the connection to the comic book that I'd pick The Man of Steel. Yeah, I, I, I relate to that. I got good memories of that comic book. Yeah, it's a, an interesting take there. Uh, Jim Asbury wrote, Superman The Man of Steel is my vote. Superman Unleashed title portrays to me a darker, maybe even more evil road for Superman and completely goes against everything I believe Superman stands for. Perhaps one day writers and producers of our favourite hero will listen to the fans or at least pick up a comic book and figure out that Superman is the hero of heroes. (laughs) He's a killer! He's a killer! No. (laughs) Calvin Bowes wrote, Of the two titles, I would go with Man of Steel. It's a cool title, but if they are going to do Total Rebirth, how Total Reboot, how about Action Comics the movie? So appropriate for a movie to reintroduce Superman in the beginning. Unfortunately, only Superman fans would get it, but it would be cool. Now, if they do a real sequel, then it would be most would most appropriately, appropriately be the son of Superman, with Junior being the bad guy. <laughs> but I, I still want to see Action Comics the movie. <laughs> yeah, see, with his nefarious inhaler. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Action Comics the movie might uh, throw a few people. I don't think it... Uh the general public will understand that it's a Superman movie. Who throws a piano? I mean, really. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Dan Zer wrote, I really like Superman The Man of Steel much better. It evokes the majesty and grandeur of the legendary Byrne miniseries, and it sounds much more iconic. Superman is The Man of Steel. This is what he has been known as for generations. As thus, audiences identify with this. Superman Unleashed sounds much more like a hackneyed action flick title. It just doesn't make sense. You don't unleash Superman. He's not a weapon that would be more of something Luthor or Metallo would attempt. Yeah, that's... Or Beppo unleashed. There you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, David Lewis wrote, Hey guys, in response to the big question this month, I wanted to say that I really don't care what the title of the movie is as long as they stay true to the character. 
Thank you. Very cool. Of course, I want it to be a good movie, but the title is really irrelevant to me. Hopefully it will come out before we have to use our senior citizen discounts. <laughs> Too late for me. Although unlikely, wouldn't it be cool if they got Jeffrey Bridges to write the movie? Yes, I think that would be cool. As always, keep up the good work. P.S. Kudos, Neil, on the Vincent Price comics. Thank you. Thank you. Very cool. Rick L. James wrote, I prefer the title Superman Man of Steel over Superman Unleashed because the title of Unleashed, while giving it a very exciting sound, makes me think that Superman must have been chained up on a leash somewhere and is being controlled by someone who finally unleashed him. Man of Steel reminds me of the great rebooter from the 1980s, which I still enjoy rereading. It also captures the essence of the character in so many ways. Nice. Dean Robinson wrote, I think the Superman origin story needs to be told again, and it pains me to say, but there are a lot of children around now that have not seen the original Superman movie or read the comic books explaining his, plight, his flight to Earth. As much as the Superman movie has stood tall all of these, over all these years, it, it was made in 1978. I enjoyed Superman Returns and loved Brown and Ralph's part in it, but it wasn't the blockbuster it really should have been, so my title for the new movie would be Superman, Born Again. Hmm. Born Again Christians would be flocking to it. Yeah, or we get that whole Superman as Jesus metaphor, you know, flack that we tend to get whenever we approach that subject. <laughs> yes, definitely. Well, thanks everyone for your responses to last month's big question. The next big question we have is, what comic book story would you like to see adapted for an animated movie? Obviously, we've got Superman, Batman, Public Enemies coming up, but is there another Superman story from the comics that you would like to see given the animated movie treatment? Get your uh, responses in to this big question by clicking on the big question button found at the Superman homepage, and we'll read out all the best entries sent in next month. Hmm, I like Superman Coco versus Beppo. That would just be great. All monkeys all the time. No midgets? Oh, no. But, you know, the midgets could be... Well, I don't know. Is there a midget in the Superman universe? Um, uh, there's that dude who was who uh, with the Justice League for a little while. Well, Mixie's um, pretty small. Yeah, Mixie's Mixie's short. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> great. <laughs> okay, now it's time for Bailey's Bookshelf. Now, we've got hey. Michael Bailey returning once again this month, and let's throw to Michael now to see what he's reviewing. Go, Michael! Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Bailey's Bookshelf, the portion of Radio KL, where I walk over to my bookcase here in the ever-evolving, ever-expanding Fortress of Baileytude and pick out a Superman trade or hardcover to discuss and give you the lowdown on. This month I was going to uh, talk about Superman's secret identity because a lot of you have asked me to do so, and I'm the sort of person that, you know, if you ask me to do something and take the time to actually write and, and say so, then I feel a bit of an obligation to do it because you're taking time out of your busy day to ask me to sit here and just babble on for about five or six minutes about something involving Superman. So I was going to do that, but as I strive to be topical on this uh, segment, I thought I would discuss a Superman, or more precisely, a Superman-Batman trade that has a story in it which will be adapted into a directed DVD animated feature later this year. Superman Batman Public Enemies is the first volume of the Superman Batman line of trades. Excuse me for going through puberty there again. Uh, this reprints the first six issues of that series, though when the arc was originally published it was called World's Finest, I guess to kind of give a shout out to everybody who wanted this title to be called World's Finest in the first place. 
Written by Jeff Loeb, with art by Ed McGinnis and Dexter Vines, this was the kickoff to the Superman-Batman series back in 2003, and as an opening salvo for a series, it works quite well. Um, Rough back-of-a-trading-card version of the plot, Superman and Batman team up to finally take down President Lex Luthor, after Luther uses a kryptonite meteor hurtling towards Earth as a chance to bring his archenemy down. Along the way, there is a fight with Metallo that casts suspicion on John Corbin for the murder of Thomas and Martha Wayne. A Superman from the future shows up with murder in his heart and does a really bang-up job of ripping up the Batcave and causing an all-around ruckus. There is plenty of superhero-on-superhero fighting, And both the Superman and Batman families get into the action as well, teaming up to break into the White House. All in all, I really enjoy this story. I thought from the beginning that Jeff Loeb was giving us, and continued to give us through the course of his run on this series, the kind of Jerry Bruckheimer, Michael Bay, Superman, Batman stories. They had a lot going on with them in terms of character, But really, the impetus of the stories was to have in-your-face superhero action. Having said that, I do have two minor, I guess quibbles would be the best uh, term to use there, uh, minor quibbles about this story. The first being that I didn't like then, and I kind of don't like now, the fact that Superman had to team up with Batman to take down Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor is Superman's biggest enemy. And there was this effort from like 99 till about here in 2003 to kind of make Lex Luthor as much of a Batman villain as he was a Superman villain. He got heavily involved in No Man's Land. There was a lot of confrontations between Lex and Batman during the early part of his presidency. And I was just like, you know, guys, really? You know, Superman doesn't really have the best rogues gallery to begin with. I mean, he's got some cool villains, but let's face it, Batman has the best rogues gallery in comics with maybe Flash and Spider-Man giving him a run for his money on that. So can we can we just let Lex be Superman's villain? I mean, shouldn't it be Superman to take the guy down? Please? But that didn't happen, and, you know, it's not like something I'm going to throw this book into a a fire over, because that would just be silly, and I like this book. Uh, Also, this story contained Sorel, and if you do not know who Sorel is because you either weren't around uh, in 2002 and 2003, or have blissfully blocked that era of Superman comics from your mind, Sorel was DC's attempt to have a new Supergirl. And it failed epically, would be the best way to refer to that. Yeah, it failed epically. I hated that character. I, uh, You know, between them getting rid of Linda Danvers and bringing in Sorrel, it was just, you know, it was almost to the point when they introduced Supergirl a couple in the next story arc after Public Enemies that it was like, okay, enough with the Supergirl already. Let's... Let, let, let's just stop now. But, you know, that was just me. Other than that, this was a wild ride of a comic book story, and right along with The Girl from Krypton, which I just kind of mentioned, it is my favorite Jeff Loeb-written Superman-Batman story arc. One weird thing about this trade before I leave you this month, if you have only read the trade paperback version, or if you go out today and buy the trade paperback version, realize that there is a scene in Part 4, or Issue 4, I guess, 
where what happened in the individual issue version is different from what was presented in the trade. In issue four, there is a sequence where Hawkman and Captain Marvel jump Superman and Batman, and Marvel turns back into Billy Batson. In the original version, Batman approaches Billy, and there is a thought panel, I guess is the best way to refer to that, that says, It is a boy around Robin's age. And then he actually says, Son, if you can hear me, tell me your name. This created something of a WTF moment for longtime readers of DC Comics, and I remember several forums where people wondered why Batman wouldn't recognize Billy Batson since those two characters had some history together. So, in the trade, they corrected that. The new thought panel is, it's Billy Batson. As hard as it is to imagine, Captain Marvel's alter ego is only around Robin's age. But... Why did he change back? Unless some sort of injury. And then he says, Billy, if you can hear this, speak to me. And in both versions, Billy says, Shazam. Now, for me, the original version is a little more powerful because of how the scene um, you know, is paced. But the corrected version works just as well. I just think it's interesting that DC has made something of a habit of correcting things from dialogue to coloring errors from their single-issue versions to the trades. But that's beside the point. I'm running kind of long anyways. So that's it for this month. Uh, Next month, I promise, Superman's Secret Identity will be covered. If you have any other suggestions for me, you can either use the comment section of the Radio KAL post, you can private message me, or just uh, ask Steve or Neil. And speaking of those two, back to Stephen Neal. Thanks, Michael. Great job once again. Good job, Mike. Thanks, man. Only one thing alive but less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman. And that's you. Super secret sound bite time. Woohoo! Last month's sound was from the Season 2 episode, uh, episode 17 of Smallville, titled Rosetta. One of my favorites. <laughs> Now, yeah. nine people guessed it right, and those nine people were Nelda Mormon, Chris Murphy, Jeremy Petrovich, Guthrie McLean, John Almeida, Patty, Lance Zerline, Brandon Wigginton, and Jim Bennett. Congratulations, guys. Yeah, every time I see that Rosetta title, I always wonder, you know, like, if you watch it with subtitles, <laughs> if they're <laughs> actually in English. But anyway, that's, that's an obscure joke. All right. Yeah, well, uh, well done to all those people. And let's see if these same people and more can guess which episode of Smallville this new sound comes from. Just because the king dies doesn't mean the entire empire crumbles overnight. So, if you think you know what episode of Smallville that sound came from, use the super secret soundbite entry form found at the Radio KAL webpage and send your entry in. Each person who guesses it right will have their name read out in the next Radio KAL podcast. Superman song time. Right on. Now, did we find out who the person was last no. month? No, we didn't. No? Nobody oh. responded to our, whether it was um, Iron Maiden or uh, who it might have been, but uh, no responses. It seems it's still a mystery. The song from last show uh, remains unsolved as to who the band was who sang it. Um, I'm guessing it was an unsigned band, and we just haven't heard from them. 
well, I want an answer by next show, or I'll be singing the next Superman song. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Who do we have this month? Well, this month we've got a song from 2001, so not that long ago. And it's by Brian McKnight, and it's called Superhero. Good deal. show for another month. Woohoo! Now, if you have a suggestion for a topic that you'd like Neil and I to discuss in a future show, perhaps there's a song or a big question that you'd like to suggest, let us know. Use the KAL feedback button found at the Radio KAL webpage, and we'll endeavour to use those suggestions in a future episode. Thanks again, Neil. Thank you, Steve, and you stay classy, Chris Kent. Chris Kent! Oh, they're going to have my head. You've been listening to Radio KAL from supermanhomepage.com. Hey.